Welcome back to the PDR Coach Podcast. Today on the podcast, we have guest Justin Chamberlain. Uh, super good dude. He first popped up on my radar when he did a road trip through a big portion of the U.S. and visited a bunch of techs, tool companies, um, things like that. I love his mindset and his perspective on life and business. You'll get a ton of value from him, um, from Justin, whether you're a hail tech or route tech. This uh, this Facebook post that he made or that he uh, put out made me reach out to him, and I think it's a great perspective on life. So I'm going to read it, um, and then we'll get into the show. So he says, life isn't always ideal. It's not always rainbows and butterflies. I've been very blessed in some regards, and in others, my luck has been, well, less than fortunate. I have things that I was told I would never have. I guess I broke through the walls of quote-unquote white trash that were put up around me like an Olympic sprinter pushing for the last few yards. I'm very humbled at times to be where I am, but in all honesty, these things I have are just that things. They hold no sentimental value. I can't love them or tuck them in at night. I can't tell them when I'm down in the dumps. Let me tell you this. If your goal in life is to get things or you envy people with things, I'll stop you right there. Life is about people around us. It's about loving people and being loved in return. There's no greater thing in life than that. I've been broke and full of joy, something that things can't buy. Let, let that be your prerogative to be full of joy, full of love. It has no walls, no price tag. And it'll love you in return. So I, I liked it. Um, and I've been following him for a little while. I saw that Facebook post. I'm like, all right, I got to have this guy on. So um, cue the intro. And then um, welcome, Justin. What is the biggest problem affecting your PDR business? What is the one thing holding you back from taking the next step? What do you need to change to get the business growth you want? All these questions have the same answer. It's your mindset. My name is Corey Kleinfeld, and this is the PDR Coach Podcast, where I coach you on mindset around yourself and your PDR business. Now let's get started. All right, welcome to the show, Justin Chamberlain. What's up, dude? How's it going, man? How great, are you? great. Man, I'm good. Thanks for coming on today. Um, so I just, I gave you a little intro on Justin and, um, for you to get started, uh, I always like to ask this because it's interesting. We're in a super odd, weird little niche. Um, how did you get into PDR? So yeah, that's, that's a crazy story. So (laughs) I was actually, I was working for a chemical corporation. Um, I was a lab technician slash honorary chemist, uh, for this company and, well, I, I just hit a point where I was getting so sick of sitting behind a desk. I was doing data entry. I think I told you that. Yeah, you did data and entry, man. That's not like that's dude. It was just, <laughs> yeah, bad. yeah, it, it's bad, especially yeah. when you're, you're sitting at a keyboard and mm-hmm. it's got the number pad and you have all the numbers memorized and you're just like staring at a screen and just entering tough. numbers. It, yeah, it sucked. Yeah. So yeah, so I was doing that and I had a buddy uh, that was doing PDR and we were mutual friends with somebody, uh, Cody Rath. I don't know if you know, Cody, I don't know Cody. He owns Cody Dent. He owns Cody. I have heard of that. Yeah. Cody Dent. Yeah. 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 So he was doing it and I think I, I think I saw him fixing a dent in somebody's car in a parking lot somewhere. And so I, I kind of knew like, Oh yeah, he's, he fixes dents. Um, but my buddy was trained by Cody And then my buddy asked me if I wanted to learn. And it was funny because at the time he was like, dude, you can make like 
you make like sixty thousand dollars a year doing this yeah and i was like what i was like that's insane sixty thousand dollars a year so yeah i reached out to him and it was basically like hey we're gonna link you up with the guy that trained me and uh it was basically you have eight weeks if you can get it in eight weeks great you have a job if not then we're kicking you to the curb so (laughs) so so basically that was like one of those i talk about this a lot with people on the show like that was a decision point was it was it a big decision point for you or were you just done with that entry it was like oh it was was huge it was okay. It was it was huge. So talk yeah, about that. I mean, you had like this stable job, I guess you could say. I I had a salaried position with yeah. a 401k, full mm-hmm. health insurance, like all the benefits mm-hmm. you could ask for. They were flying me all over the country to do testing at different plants. And it was like this it, it was almost like the stability of it all that kind of pushed me away from it, you know, mm-hmm. because it was this place where you're locked into a position. The only move I can make in the company was a lateral move. Mm. So I had to basically decide, is this something that I want to do for the rest of my life? Because this is, this is going to be it every day for the next however many years. Yeah. So when the offer came onto the table, I, uh, yeah, I told my, I think I told my parents about it and they were like, you're stupid. Why, why would you you're even gonna consider go pop that? dents out in cars? Yeah. <laughs> And another thing too, they were like the way it's set up, it it almost sounds pyramid scheme ish, you know. The, the de- what the dent repair business? Oh yeah, yeah. Because I got a guy who's you know there's the owner of the company and then the manager, and I work mm-hmm. for the manager, mm-hmm. and then he makes a percentage off of me, mm-hmm. and then there's you know there there's all these tiers, and then someday mom and dad like I'll have I'll have two or three guys working under me, mm-hmm. and then. I'll get a percentage of what they make. I mean, that's a pyramid scheme by the book. Yeah. You know? Well, so which company was it that you were going to go work for that was set up that way? So I worked for say. a company called, um, I, yeah, I can say, cause I yeah. think they went out of business. Um, okay. it, it was a company called bumpers, bodies and more. So okay. they did paintless dent repair. They did, uh, they resprayed bumpers. Sure. Um, it was kind of like your one stop shop. So that's how it was. Or, they would recruit. That was very, I don't know if I know any uh, businesses in the industry that are like that, where that does sound yeah. very, very much like a pyramid scheme, which yeah. pyramid schemes in the end of the self, the multi-level marketing isn't necessarily a bad business. It's not plan. bad. Yeah. It's yeah. just that like in most MLM situations, you don't make money by selling the products. You make money by recruiting people. So if you right. like recruiting and building a team, it's a great business to get in. If you want to sell skincare or whatever the hell i don't know makeup or whatever then you're not gonna make that much money doing it that's not how they're set up anyways um so that's interesting so you were said eight week program if you could fix dents by the end of that weeks then you could stay if not they were like we'll find we'll find another person to to work under me to make money essentially like if they couldn't give you work at the end of that eight weeks then you were out of the system it it wasn't like it wasn't giving work it was being able to fix a dent Okay. It was yeah. like, you, you have eight weeks to figure this out. If you don't, we're going to bring somebody else in. So I, long. and I hit, I hit my eight weeks and I couldn't fix a dent. Yeah. And then I was like, man, just like one more week. And he was like, yeah, we'll give you one more week. Like, well, you know, we like you. So yeah. we'll keep you around. So, and it was that, it was like that final week that everything just kind of 
not everything, but it was like, oh yeah, now I know what the center of a dent is. Mm. I know how to find the center mm. of a dent. And then, yeah, it just kind of, kind of took off from there. I want to go back to the, uh, the decision to leave like the st- stable job. I read that intro or I read that in the intro, I read your Facebook post and one of the um, parts in your Facebook post says you, I guess I broke through the walls of the quote unquote white trash yeah. that were put up around me, like an Olympic sprinter pushing through the last few yards. So how much of that? Cause I know, I know people in my own personal life that, you know, have a difficult upbringing and made it to a certain spot. And that was like, a secure position like that was the spot right. that got them out of the so-called white trash situation yeah. so to leave that is even more difficult because what if you fail what if you don't make it and you drop back down below that level yeah. was that going on through your head was that any part of it like where your parents were like this is just stay here and make thirty six thousand dollars this year and then thirty nine thousand yeah. dollars next year yeah i think a lot of that you know that was a lot of that was the driving factor behind leaving. And it really comes down to like, I never set a precedent for myself on like what was attainable or what was not attainable. It was just, dude, I've had so many jobs in my life. I mean, by the time I was 27, I think I had worked for 16 or 17 different companies. And that's from the time I was 14 years old. So yeah. And, and what I would do is I would work to a point where I'd hit a ceiling and that was it. I'm out. Yeah. Yeah. Like I got to move on to something else. If it's yeah. a lateral move, fine. If I'm taking a hit, but I have the opportunity to grow, mm-hmm. that was just something that, you know, I was always trying to just reach the highest level that I could. Um, and then that's another thing too, that like when I heard about PDR, and the opportunity to do this, I was like, man, there's really no, there's really no limit aside from what you're physically capable of doing. Right. So if I can get into an industry where, you know, I'm actually good at something. Um, yeah. Why, why wouldn't, why wouldn't I want to do that? And so you, you, know? you ended up, you got week eight and then week nine, you finally at least figured it out enough for them to keep, keep you on. So you worked for yeah. them for a while. How long? I worked for them for eight months. So eight months. So up to that point, 17 jobs from 14 years old, 27 years old, et cetera, all that stuff. Like were any yeah. of those ever entrepreneurial experiences or were they nope, all? Not a single one. Okay. Not a single one. Uh-huh. Just um, trying, like, they, and that's where the limit comes from, right? Like as an employee, the limit is set for you, right? It's yeah. like, oh, oh yeah, absolutely. Everybody else that's a data entry person across the country makes X. So this is what you make X, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And there were things that I would do like, you know, traveling, there were four or five different lab techs. But when it came to traveling, I was like, I'm the guy. Mm -hmm. Because I know as soon as I leave the house, to the moment I clock back in, or get back home, I'm on the clock. Mm -hmm. So I'm getting paid for all that time. I don't care if I'm away for a weekend. Yeah, like, let's do I'll do it. We every if you want me to leave every single weekend. Yeah, I'll do it. Pay me the whole time. (laughs) Pay me the whole time. I'm gone. I don't I don't care. Yeah. Um, but one thing I always made sure to do is whatever job I worked in, somebody once told me something and it stuck with me for years. And they said, you can't teach somebody to pick up a broom. So I was working for this company and we had this guy that was just a, a complete idiot. I mean, he was the worst. <laughs> and uh, so I, I asked the manager the one day, I'm like, why? 
why are we hiring Chad? Like, why does he work here? And he was like, well, you can't teach somebody to pick up a broom. And I looked over and Chad was taking out the garbage and he was sweeping the floor. And I was like, man, that, that's so true. So that's something that I always have thought about in every job I've been in. Um, it's always been like, are you going to be the guy that's sweeping the floor when he's not, you know, he's not being asked to sweep the floor. Mm -hmm. Nobody's, nobody's telling him to sweep the floor, but you just have that work ethic where like, you know, you, you're the guy that sweeps the floor. Yeah. Yeah. You're not going to stand around and wait like, okay, Mr. Boss, what, what am I supposed to do next? Right. You'll sweep while you wait for them to tell you what to do next. And I mean, that, that right there is like, if you have that mentality, then a lot of times I would, I would say maybe you should go into entrepreneurial venture right. Right? because you know, you have that work ethic and that growth mindset. So where did that come from? Like, I mean, to be in every job and like be the guy that picks up the broom or be the guy that says I'll go on the weekends or to be like, to be the guy that runs up to that ceiling in your business. And you're like, okay, I'm not going to sit here for seven years while I try to, you know, make these tiny incremental changes. Like where did yeah. that growth part come from? Was it, was it, coming from the quote unquote white trash background or was it in spite of that or what would that, how much, like, where did that I, come from? So I think it was, well, first of all, it was a drive to just do better to just mm-hmm. be, you know, do better than you did yesterday. Yeah. Um, like where did that come from? Was it your dad? Was it like an uncle is just, you my dad, that my way? dad is a work, my dad is a workhorse. Yeah. I mean, this guy, he's, 69 70 years old mm-hmm. and he still he wakes up at 3 30 every morning goes <laughs> wow. to work goes to work he doesn't come home till 7 38 o'clock at night and that's the thing like my dad you know he he wasn't like the the like throw a football kind of yeah. dad yeah. but he was like he was like, the I provide, I provide provide for you and you got food so. yeah exactly happy. <laughs> so and he will bust his ass to make sure that happened so i think it's like that unavoidable, like you don't want to become your parents, but like Mm -hmm. you end up becoming your parents, whether or not you want to. So I think, I think what the cool part is and what I see in you just from the short time we've had conversations is that I think you're a version of your parents because yeah, it's three o'clock where you are right now. And you told me you're done working right for the day. So it's not seven. You will bust your ass. You have the ability to bust your ass, but you want a different version of life for yourself right exactly you don't yeah. want it yeah, to be 3:30 to 7:30 every single day you're like I'll bust my ass when I need to but like yeah. how can I how can I make as much money as possible in that in that in a short in that time, time frame yep. yeah mm-hmm. yeah I, I could be that. sitting at my shop right now pulling in estimates but I know I'm going to be there Thursday mm-hmm. in the morning doing a repair so why not have somebody yeah. you know it's all about it's all about the logistics of things too. Like be, be more efficient and spend your time more wisely. A hundred percent agree with that. Like five years ago, I decided to create this life that I wanted to see. And so my goal at that time with work was to, instead of driving everywhere, I said, okay, I only want to work in like the city that I live in. So like my radius, like maybe like a 15 mile radius from anywhere from my house. And it took me a while to get there, but I finally got there. And now like all that drive time is eliminated. Like all my dealers are in one auto group. Basically all my retails are within that one area. So we create those goals and, and try to achieve those things. Um, yeah. 
And I think that's cool. So you have that work ethic, but you also have the like wanting to experience life. I'm guessing if I know the version that your dad is, he probably was he didn't take week long vacations. He didn't do, no. I know that. I know those, I know those dads. Yeah. Mine's no, a version no, of that. No. My wife's dad was very much like that. Yeah. Um, but you, this is how you popped up on my radar, but you worked your ass off over the summer, went into hail. We can get into that too, but then took yeah. a pretty good chunk of time off of, at least bringing in income work right. and went on this road trip thing. Yeah. Kind of, I would say not across the country necessarily. Right. But a portion of it and visited people. How, how did that come about? Tell us, tell us about that story. I thought it was pretty cool. So I, uh, so I was working retail back home and mm-hmm. COVID hit, obviously um, things slowed down pretty good after that. Mm-hmm. And I was waiting for a call. So somebody, somebody called me up and asked me if I wanted to chase hail. And it was something I, you know, I'd always kind of thought about, wasn't really sure if I wanted to do it, but the opportunity came up and I was like, you know what, I'm either sitting at home waiting for things to start back up again, or I'm working, I'm working for somebody. So that's what I did, man. I just, uh, called me on a Wednesday night. Was it a Wednesday night? And I think I was there like Friday morning. So (laughs) Uh, I, I didn't hesitate. I wasted no time. So, um, but yeah, man, so I worked all summer and then, uh, I, I got back home and I was like, you know what? I, I was sitting in my shop one day and I was like, I do not want to be the guy that's sitting in here when he's 60 years old, wishing that he had just taken that little bit of time for himself when he had the time to give himself. And I didn't want to be that guy that was looking back, wishing I just done something, anything. Um, so I'd always talked about going to visit my brother in Houston. So I called my brother, my younger brother down in Florida. And I said, Hey, you know, like, I know you're getting out of the army in a couple weeks. Um, do you want me to pick you up? We'll go to Houston. He's like, yeah, but let's do it. And where so, are you located? I'm in Pennsylvania. Pens- okay. So Pennsylvania to Florida to Houston. Yep. It's pretty big. Okay. St. Louis. It's big. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. Big, it was a big, big loop. circle. <laughs> 5,000 miles. Wow. Nice. So, yeah. Cool. So I just, I just didn't want to, yeah, like I said, I just didn't want to be the guy that's grumpy and pissed off when he's older and, and feels like he didn't get the chance to experience things. Where and, do you think that came from? Uh, I think that's just, um, man, I don't, I don't know. I think, I'm just like, I've got that adventurous Mm -hmm. fire that's still lit. And I, I want to, like I said, just experience things, but, um, it might be the fact that I spent my whole life working (laughs) and it seems to be a recurring theme for you, a theme for you that I see coming up is like, I would imagine when you're 14 years old and you have your first job at, I don't know what pizza place or whatever, right. Um, and you bump up to that ceiling and you're like, ah, I don't want to be the guy that you're like, I don't want to be the yeah. guy that is like working at a pizza place on 30. And then you get your yeah. next job and then you're that all the way to the data entry job. You're like, I don't want to be the guy that is data entry until you, I think you actually said that earlier. And then you get, then you're like, yeah. it's, it's an interesting thing that keeps going on, which is great. It like, dri- it like drives you forward. Right. And you're like, I don't want to be the guy that just like sits in a retail shop for 35 years and just pushes on dents his whole life. Right. Yeah. Fascinating. Can't do it. Um, that's pretty cool though. So I'll take another step back. I kind of jump all over the place, but I, I, hopefully I can guide people. At least they can understand where we're going. So you did the eight weeks training. 
Um, you worked for them for eight more months and then, and then you started hail this year, but sometime in between there, you had built up a retail location for two I, years. So I started a company yeah. and decided it would be a great idea if I brought my best friend on, uh, <laughs> that did not end well. It didn't go well. Uh, it was just very difficult. So it came down to a point where I said, you know what, uh, one of us has to go. It's either you or me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what's it going to be? Well, I'm not. And he said, well, I'm not leaving. And I said, all right, see you later. So I, uh, I left the company. I started another company the next day. And so that was the, the company that you worked for originally as an employee? That was, with your best that was a company. No, that was a company I started after okay. that. That was your first period. business you ever started. That was my after first business. 20, working for 20 employers. Complete disaster. And you bought your, brought your best friend on. Do you know how to fix oh. dents? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Really uh, good tech. Really yeah. good tech. Just It just didn't work different. out. Yeah. So I, uh, I left, and then I started Valley Mobile Dent Repair. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been doing that for the past, I want to say, like three years. Until like March so, or whatever. When, when until COVID March, yeah. yeah. Yep. Gotcha. Started out to. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, man. I started out doing wholesale. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then got to a point where I was doing enough body shop and retail where I could transition into that. Uh, and that's been kind of my wheelhouse for the past, I don't know, I'm going to say two years. So Until the hail. Until the hail. Yeah. How's pricing for you out there? How do you, how do you think about that? How do you do it? I mean, you're, I mean, there's a lot of guys, well, let me just take a step back. I work with a lot of clients across around the country. They all have limiting beliefs in their head. Some people think that they can't charge high prices because they've only been doing debt repair for X years. Like I've only, right. I've only been doing this for three years. So like I should, you know, I'm not as great as pick a name that they follow yeah. online. And so I shouldn't charge X prices. How, how do you feel about that? How do you think about that? Are you up to date with the pricing using the pricing guide, mobile tech RX? Like how, how's that work for you? So I started using the Paul Corden pricing guide yeah. mm-hmm. um, pr- pretty early on because I was familiar with mobile tech RX and all yeah. that. And I kind of, I didn't want to be the person that wasn't using it and then was like driving down the, mm-hmm. the pricing, especially in my area, because that's my home, you know, yeah. and I want to, I want to preserve the pricing as much as possible. There was, it took a long time for me to fine tune the pricing so that it fit the needs of the people in the area I was living in. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately it wasn't always like top dollar, you know, I wasn't able to charge through the teeth and then get all the add-ons I wanted, but um, I was able to find like a decent, like a happy medium mm-hmm. um, where I could charge accordingly. And, you know, we were talking about this the other day, but a lot of people look at the pricing guide and it's like, if I'm working on a 2010 Honda Civic, or whatever the case is, mm-hmm. I'm not going to go to the pricing guide and look at it and say, like, this is your price. Honestly, the person with that vehicle is not going to care as much as a guy that's driving a 2019 McLaren. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and, and the people with a 2019 McLaren, like, <laughs> or whatever the case is, whatever the vehicle is, um, I will definitely use the pricing guide as much as possible. Mm-hmm. And, 
maybe embellish on it a little yeah. bit. Yeah. I think so. I think or not embellish, but add a, a luxury a luxury yeah, import yeah. markup. Right. Yeah. A legitimate yeah. markup. Like cause like I don't wanna like I don't want to work on McLaren's unless I'm getting really paid to do so. Like I don't want oh, yeah. Yeah. for 150 bucks. It's not worth it because the liability and the, the what in this just the preparation that goes into something like that. You just treat it yeah. differently. Um so a big one of the reasons why I like pushed myself into finally starting this podcast is because there was for a long time, obviously, um, a lot of the info coming at people of the PDR community was, and maybe it was, in, it, I don't think it was intentional, but a lot of, a lot of it was, it was like price guide or nothing. It was like, you got to yeah. use the price guide. This is what the prices should be. Raise the price in your area, all this stuff. Well, I never yeah. fully agreed with that. And it sounds like you don't either, but how do you, how do you find that? Right? Like, I mean, we yeah. all, we all heard the comparison. Like does a Mercedes cost the same in Pennsylvania as it does in California? Yes. Right. Yes. You need but. to, um, <laughs> there are so many things you have to base it off of. I mean, you're basing it off of demographic. You're, mm-hmm. you're basing it off the, you know, I, I even base it off of the person's like financial situation, mm-hmm. you know, a single, single guy driving a 2020 truck is probably doing better than the mom, the single mom that's coming in with a dent in her minivan, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. So yeah, like I can use the pricing guide as a basis for my pricing. Um, but I'm also not going to be like, for, for lack of a better word, I'm not going to be like a stingy fuck over it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like we're trying <laughs> there, to provide there's... value to the customer. And if yeah. they're happy with a little bit less than perfect for a little bit less than price or whatever, that's exactly. a situation we can provide. Um, and that 80, and that 80% repair that I did for the the soccer mom mm-hmm. is, and you know, she leaves me a review. Yeah. That's, that's going to bring more value than the guy who's got the brand new truck. And yeah, I just, I charge them full pricing with all the add-ons. And but, made it perfect. Yeah. And made it perfect, but yeah. he's leaving and he's like, okay, like, mm-hmm. thanks. See you later. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, I believe, I believe in that. I believe in, um, in you know using the guide as a guide using it what it's for if you want to start there and then you know say hey here's another option that i can provide for you i think that's a, a great way to go about it yeah um yeah for sure so we talked a little bit i thought this was pretty pretty interesting situation so and this is another one of of the the justin's like i don't want to be that guy um you told me that you are gonna probably shut down your retail location yeah yeah. So, yeah. so you spent a lot of time wholesale then yep. you went into retail, worked on the yep. pricing, got body shops, did all that, built it for two or three years, um, hit the hail trail once. And now it's on to the next thing. Talk about yep. that. So, uh, it kind of goes back to that like moment where I decided to go on a road trip. Yeah. One thing that I struggled with all summer was how do I be good to my retail customers back home? if I'm doing hail right now. And I personally don't think there's any way you can do both. Um, I know a lot of people that have tried to do both. I don't think without a solid team in your corner, you can do both. So I was sitting in my shop and I was like, man, I was like, if I don't, if I don't change something, I'm going to die in the shop. And I didn't, I don't want, I don't want that. I don't, I don't want to be sitting in the same shop for the next 30 years, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, I thought about it for a little while and I was like, you know, I have this opportunity to travel, mm-hmm. you know, I'm single. 
Um, I don't have to worry about a wife. I don't have to worry about kids back home. So if I have this opportunity, why, why wouldn't I take full advantage of it? Um, I, I know how to start a company. I know how to market, you know, do the marketing for my area. I know how to reach out to customers and clients, and body shops. So who's to say that I can't just start another company or pick up where I left off? There's nothing that's saying that I can't do that. Um, but I do know that good opportunities don't always last. Mm -hmm. So I want to do what I can now while I'm younger mm -hmm. uh, to take advantage of that and really just, yeah, I mean, hail, maybe it'll suck. Maybe it'll be great. But I know when I come back home, all I have to do is flip on the website and then start from ground zero. Mm -hmm. so yeah um and i'm not i'm not afraid of that yeah you know why should i be so that's a yeah. good question i think a lot of people could ask themselves i mean shit me included sometimes um why should i why should i be afraid of that yeah it's i mean fear is really i think i've done a podcast episode on this if i haven't i should but i, I think i i think i released one fear is a construct we make in our own head which is mm -hmm. our thoughts about the future and something that never happened right? Yeah. So we're scared that, and a lot of it is like us making it mean something. Like we're scared if you shut down your business, then your parents or your friends or your somebody will think you're crazy. And then yeah. what if I can't start another business back up or what if hail sucks or what if like all these other things, right? Yeah. Um, I think that's good. I think that's a great, a great attitude to have there. And you talked, yeah. you told me a little bit about, you know, you're going to shut down, shut down the website potentially and shut down the retail location, but you want to have those customers taken care of, which I think is huge. Like, making sure those people are taken care of. And you said, I think you were networking with some, some like local competitor, quote unquote competitor or yeah. fellow, or we can call him like a <laughs> fellow. He's a, tech, he's, let's say that. he's a friend of mine. Friend, he's yeah. a friend of mine. Um, he, he, talk about that. He's got, he's got a shop 10 minutes away from me. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's just somebody who, you know, I try, he's a good person and I trust him. Um, I know that he's somebody that he takes pride in his repairs. Uh, like, no one I've ever seen. So I know that by um, entrusting my customers with somebody like him, it's only going to make our area better mm -hmm. at the end of the day. And that's what I want. So I could send, I could send any of those customers anywhere else. Um, but I know the pricing is not, not quite going to be there and people are going to maybe walk away from the repair kind of like, eh, it wasn't all that great. So why not, uh, why not create a friendship and build a rapport with some, like who cares if they live 10 minutes away from you, mm -hmm. you know, Hey, guess like he's going to be on vacation at some point in time. Mm -hmm. And he might, might say, Hey, I'm going to take a couple of weeks off for vacation. Mm -hmm. I'm going to send you my customers yeah. those two weeks, you know? Um, and then another thing too, like building a relationship with people like, yeah, if I get a hailstorm back home and my body shops are kind of like on the fence about using me, I know that I've got somebody in my hometown who would gladly call me, mm. gladly call me. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's about building rapport. It's about keeping the pricing up. It's just about, and another, another thing too, like he started, he started a dent company was it last year. So just the fact that I was gone all summer chasing hail and I was doing really well. And I had all these customers calling me mm -hmm. the whole time. 
like why not help out a guy that's just getting started out you know maybe he need maybe he needs that extra little push Mm -hmm. at the very beginning so yeah so it it worked out and I mean I see it as something that's going to continue to work out yeah I like to think I've been thinking about this and I know I haven't said this but I, I don't think there's much competition really in this business or in life really I think so if you look at like the situation where you're talking about guys that can't provide the quality and aren't doing and aren't providing the pricing that you're providing. Yeah. I don't necessarily see those people as a direct competition to you, honestly, because mm. they're just providing a different market. Right. Yeah. Like I don't yeah. think that uh, Nordstrom and Walmart are in competition with each other. If you right. had to, if you had to make that right, they're not in competition. They're just two serving two separate markets. And I think yeah. if you find somebody that we would typically call competition, someone who's very similar to you, wants to serve the same clients as you, has the same pricing as you, has the same desire to help your city that you live in. I don't think they could, I don't think they have to be a competitor. Like I, I no. think they could be a partner to some extent yeah. or complete a complete partner, whether you join forces together or refer work back and forth to each other. Like you're, you're trying to achieve the same goal. And yep. if you try to do it together, I, I don't see a, any downside in that process it sounds oh, like not at all yeah and, and there might be and there may be a time where we are working together correct and i've even told them that you know mm-hmm. hey like there may there may be a time where like we're going to be working together yeah. or you know like hey you know i have a feeling that we're going to work together in the future yeah so but that'll never ever ever happen just keep if you're a competition with them if i'm being a yeah, yeah if i'm being a dick to them if i'm like oh you don't want to go to that guy he sucks like, yeah why, why would i <laughs> that just makes me look bad. Yeah. You know, if mm-hmm. I'm like talking smack on somebody. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so, so you, you've been, you've done a little wholesale, some retail and now, you know, chased hail, or I guess at least had one location. You didn't have to chase. I don't think, but you did hail for several months. Yep. Um, where do you think the industry is going in those areas? What do you think the future of PDR is? Are we just getting started or in 10 years from now, is it going to be watered down to a point where everything's $40? That is a really good question. And it's that's an something that, that, yeah, it is an opinion. Yeah. Uh, how I personally feel about it. I got out of wholesale while I had the chance mm-hmm. and it wasn't because you couldn't make money because you can't, you can make money doing wholesale. Mm-hmm. It was because primarily because of the way that I approached wholesale, I shot myself in the foot big time. I didn't set the precedent for pricing on smashed repairs or bigger jobs, Mm -hmm. the more time consuming stuff. What I did was I set myself up so that anything bigger than a quarter size dent, I was basically just losing money on because I was spending, I was spending time on it, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. you you get 10 15 cars with door dings in it you're making a killing yeah um but i i started inching up my pricing and they took notice to that and i just said look if we can't like this is this is where the industry standards at this is where i'm at mm-hmm. like we need to come to some sort of a an agreement um and that's when i really was like you know what maybe this isn't my market yeah you know Mm-hmm. So where do I see it going? I think right now from what I've heard and I'm not, I'm not even in wholesale anymore, so I don't know, but I know it's not doing great right now comparatively, um, you know, compared to a couple of years ago, but 
yeah, I don't know. I think with new technology, new advances, um, hybrid electric vehicles, I, I could see, I could see it becoming increasingly difficult, but which I don't is think good. Right. Which is good. Yeah. Because I think if, it's going to weed if out. If you want to keep getting better. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If not, then, then it's going to be difficult. So like you said, you know, you don't want to sit in that retail shop for 30 years. Um, right. You think retail, the retail market is just beginning. Do you think, I think, um, I think it's becoming, Oh, hang on a second. Yeah. You got a phone, phone call. call. Yeah. I hate it when that happens. Yeah, that's right. Um, <clears throat> so where do I see it going? Uh, retail. I see it. Yeah. I, I see it just getting started. Yeah. Honestly. Um, this year I was getting six calls a day. I mean, every day of the week. Um, and I, I don't think that's, uh, that's not something I had even like two years ago, just didn't exist. Um, and I don't know if that's because I'm doing better, but I know more and more people are becoming familiar with paintless dent repair. Um, so yeah, I think it's just getting started. Yeah, for yeah, sure, man. For cool. sure. Yeah. What's the future for you then? I know that you, uh, the last thing you told me, you like shut down the retail shop, go to hail, like maybe, yeah. maybe even couple years from now you hit a ceiling in what you physically can do in dent repair and you want to move for something else yeah what's on the horizon for you so for me uh my focus over the next couple years is going to be primarily hail yeah uh i'm like i said i'm single i you know i've got really no ties to home other than my family that's here yeah but holidays uh, my plan is to just yeah exactly (laughs) so just spend as much time as i can on the road um work as much as possible build capital and then there's going to be a time where yeah i do want a brick and mortar um but it all comes back to that like you almost have to start over again mm-hmm. and i'm i'm okay with that i'm all right with that but at least the second time around i know i can build it how i want uh have it set up the way that i need it to be set up build it where i want mm-hmm. yeah because <laughs> that's a huge thing <clears throat> and then um not just yeah, where talk- you grew up <laughs> Pick, yeah, pick just, where you want it to be. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And not just in an area that's like, yeah, that'll work, mm-hmm. you know, but, but like, will it work? Mm-hmm. Like, is that really, and is that really what you, work. yeah. Yeah. But is it really like what you imagine it could be? Mm-hmm. Like, so why not take the extra time to make sure that happens? Yeah. So that when I am 65 and I die in my shop, at least I die in a shop that I built, you know? So, <laughs> oh, dude. Yeah. It's a good so, attitude. You think you're going to yeah. die at 65? Hopefully not. <laughs> I, yeah, I hope not. You never know. You never know, man. That's why you're trying to live while you can live. I like it. Exactly. Well, that's awesome, man. Um, I, for the people that want to follow you, like I said, I found you when you started that, those travels around the country, which I thought was super cool. Um, yeah. Where can people follow you if they want to hear your uh, nice inspirational Facebook posts and see what you're doing? Yeah. So business. I'm on Facebook. Uh, you can follow my, my Instagram, which is, um, Valley mobile dent. Um, that, yeah, that's my Instagram. So yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be an interesting couple of years. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm looking forward to the challenges. I'm looking forward to not knowing what I'm doing and, you know, it's a little scary during the winter because you're not working as much and it's like, well, there's like all this money going out, but not a whole lot coming in. Mm. So, but you know what, that's, uh, 
a- anything worth having is worth working for. Yeah. So hundred percent. Keep, keep pushing on and yeah, it'll be hail for a while and then it'll be another retail shop and maybe real estate. So nice. we'll see. I yeah. love it, dude. I love your attitude yeah. and your perspective. I think a lot of people, I mean, I've, I feel like I learned something from this episode, like stuff I could take from it. So I hope other people um, can maybe adopt a little bit of some, some of that mentality of, uh, you know, don't be that guy that yeah. does that thing for way many, too many more years than he, than you should, you know, yeah. sitting there yeah. just, just not doing something because you're scared to do X. Yeah. Right. Or you're scared of what it'll mean. I think that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, it it's taken a long time to kind of, I don't know, to touch on that like whole white trash thing. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. really, what that stemmed from was I had a girlfriend in high school, and <laughs> I know it's so, it's so stupid. Like, nah. yeah, this girl that I dated in high school, dude, her parents were the most well, the wealthiest people I've ever met in my entire life. Mm. Eleven houses on however many different continents with wow. all the latest cars like wealthy wealthy and not fake wealthy <laughs> like not like living paycheck to paycheck but like they had money yeah not like <laughs> yeah. i just bought a rolex yeah, yeah. like <laughs> like they had and they didn't even have to flaunt it because it was just you can tell it was yeah. normal it was normal for them mm-hmm. and i remember i was trying to figure out what i wanted to do for college and i was thinking about doing communication design because i used to draw all the time mm-hmm. and they were like, yeah, it figures that you would do something like that because you're nothing but white trash. They and said that, that shit to you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They called me white trash. All They hated me. Dude, they hated me. Oh, because you, <laughs> so, oh, okay, you were like, okay. I guess, I guess maybe the picture, like this wealthy girl, like you're like the white trash. I'm like the- Like in a real yeah, life type of thing, that guy? Yep. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Wow. So uh, there was, you know, just dealing with that, I think it, it kind of- Man, people's opinions of you, if you let that get to you, it will ruin you. Mm-hmm. 100% ruin you. And that's one reason why I'm not a huge fan of social media. Yeah, I like to stay up to date with people because I do have a lot of friends on social media. Yeah, And, you know, I don't really want to miss out on the stuff that's going on in their lives. But at the same time, like, uh, social media is just you see like this perfect side to every single person Mm -hmm. and it almost keeps you from wanting to work on yourself because you're like, well, I'm never going to be as good as that person or as rich as that person or have a house that's as nice as that person. Um, So one thing I've been working on is trying to limit my time on social media. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I don't know what that has to do with anything, but um, (laughs) it's just yeah. something that you feel no it's, it's the truth though there's a pros yeah. and cons to it for sure absolutely um, but you you were talking about how your girl like those yeah your girlfriend's parents called like literally called you white trash but did it oh. uh, uh, did it affect you in i guess you could say maybe a positive way like is it is it a chip on your shoulder or is it something that you now it's no man that's my fuel now yeah so yeah that's so my fuel it now. did it it did yeah. affect you but you get a choice like you get a choice people you can't change the way other people are going to treat you or what they're yeah. going to say whether their girlfriend's parents are going to call you white trash and don't want you to be with their daughter but what you right. can choose is what you do with that information right oh absolutely. like is there a little is like is there a little bit 
a little bit behind you that feels you that like you want to have 10 houses on 10 different or 11 houses on all these different continents so that they can see one day like you weren't a white trash piece of shit i'm i'm not i'm not unhappy enough to put my happiness into houses and cars and stuff like that Mm -hmm. like that stuff to me is just is it a convenience sure yeah but like yeah it's nice but like at the end of the day you know you could live in the biggest house on on the planet but it's if the house is empty it's empty you know so i don't really put my hope and faith in stuff if if it is on a chip on your shoulder then and you use it to fuel you yeah what's the direction it's feeling you in like where like well well for years i let it fuel me downwards i mean i was just i i just like man i couldn't believe like maybe i am a piece of white trash maybe like people do look at me like i'm poor and i'm never gonna accomplish anything but like their i let their opinion of me dictate the person that i was for years on end and it played into myself one comment that one comment but it was like this constant driving like you know what man they're they're right you know i am white trash Mm -hmm. i gave into that so uh yeah man you just reach a point where you're like no you know what like i'm smart Mm -hmm. sexy i know what i'm doing like i'm i'm here to get stuff done now you know when did that start to change do you you have a moment that started to change after i dated a girl for five years we were engaged she cheated on me and i was like this like that's it i'm done and then like a couple weeks later like hey you want to you want to get a job doing pdr and i was like this is it this is what i'm doing so ever since then it's been my whole like the past five five and a half years have been like career driven mm-hmm. like all about work uh i was working 100, 120 hour weeks like most of last year mm-hmm. which just sucked but you know like i just i was determined to flip the script you know yeah. so That's and i think i i think i proved to myself like yeah. you know what i'm i'm not white trash mm-hmm. and i might not i might not have the most money and i might not live in a gray house but like at least I know who I am right now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's huge, man. I love that attitude. That's, that's awesome. I love that. Yeah. That's super cool. Um, and then you, now you pulled it back a little bit cause it's not all work. Now it's like, okay, wh- how do I do work and relationships? Right. Like your, yeah. like your Facebook post said, you how do you do work to, and relationships? Like both. You, of ha- you have to have a balance. Yeah. You have to have sure. a balance. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I spent so much time working last year. I think I dropped like I don't know, it was like 15 or 16 pounds in a couple months, but it, and I was like, heck yeah, like I'm looking good. But mm-hmm. at the same time, it was like, this is, this is unhealthy weight loss. <laughs> <laughs> it's just stress uh, from like not eating and pushing dents for 20 hours. Yeah. A day. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Why, why, why put yourself through that? So you're going to have a little bit extra money in the bank yeah. account, yeah. you know? Yeah. So I am learning to uh, enjoy life. You know, I've got really great friends. I've got an awesome family yeah. and uh, I'm just kind of right now trying to focus as much of my energy into that because at the end of the day, that's, that's, what's going to bring me the most happiness mm-hmm. and having an extra 10 grand at the end of the year, like who cares, you know, Amen, like, dude. <laughs> I love it. So build the yeah. life that you want for sure. No doubt about it. Exactly. Yeah. It's awesome, dude. I thought yeah. we were up 
We went on for 20 more minutes or 10 more minutes. Sorry about that. No, that's okay. I appreciate that. That's awesome. Like that's the good stuff. I think that's the stuff that really helps people like that perspective. Cause there's a lot of people like that can relate to that yeah. story. Right. And using stuff like that as fuel and like, how do you, how do you not, not use it as fuel that, that keeps you stuck, but use it as fuel to like change your life. I mean, that's yeah. like why I do the show. That's like why I have guests on because I, I want people to hear that if it's yeah. like type of thing, like for me, like I'm not a special dude. I didn't grow up like, you know, with things handed to me. I worked for a lot of like at, at this point in my life, I have to work for what I want too. Right. Yep. If I can do it, if you can do it, like anybody out there can do it. There's no doubt about that. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. 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 I think that, uh, I mean, I've heard so many people like, ah, I don't know if I could do that. I don't know if I, what, like, why not? Mm-hmm. Why? What's stopping you? yourself yourself <laughs> it's it's it. yourself it's that mindset that you get into 100 so, yeah, percent. i appreciate you coming on thanks for having me man i appreciate it we'll talk soon all right sounds good later thank you for listening to another episode of the pdr coach podcast if you got any value from this podcast and want to do something for me then the best way to do that is to subscribe to the podcast and give me a rating and review if you want to know more about me then you can find me on instagram by searching for the pdr coach or find me on my website at coachcoryk.com, C-O-R-Y-K.com. Thank you for listening, and I'll be back next week.